Welcome back to The Breakdown with me, NLW. It's a daily podcast on macro, Bitcoin, and the big picture power shifts remaking our world. What's going on, guys? It is Saturday, July 22nd, and that means it's time for the weekly recap. Before we get into that, however, if you are enjoying The Breakdown, please go subscribe to it, give it a rating, give it a review, or if you want to dive deeper into the conversation, come join us on The Breakers Discord. You can find a link at the show notes or go to bit.ly slash breakdown pod. All right, guys, we have a fun one catching up on a number of interesting pieces of news. Just one quick additional thing before we get into that. I want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode in Wolf's Clothing. Wolf is the first startup accelerator dedicated to lightning and Bitcoin companies, and it's really just an awesome program for anyone who's building in this space. It's an entirely in-person program that happens in New York City in this incredible office. There's mentorship, there's guaranteed funding, and you also get to hang out with a group of Bitcoin Builder peers. Wolf has just opened up applications for their third cohort, and I highly recommend you go check it out. Go to wolfnyc.com to learn more, and I hope that you apply. But with that, let's move to today's show, and we're going to start with our first topic, which is that FedNow is here. Yes, the long-awaited FedNow instant payment system went live on Thursday. The new system, operated by the Federal Reserve, will allow the 35 financial institutions and 16 service providers participating in the initial testing phase to now be able to transfer payments between institutions near instantly. This eliminates the previous wait time of days for clearance of transactions using other Fed systems. One of the key benefits for FedNow is that payments between institutions will now be available around the clock, seven days a week, year-round. Now, this project has been in the works since 2019 and seeks to augment existing Fedwire and Fed ACH systems with a faster option. Should the testing period prove successful, the Fed plans to roll out access to FedNow across the entire financial system, onboarding over 9,000 banks and credit unions. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said in a press release, quote, The Federal Reserve built the FedNow service to help make everyday payments over the coming years faster and more convenient. Over time, as more banks choose to use this new tool, the benefits to individuals and businesses will include enabling a person to immediately receive a paycheck or a company to instantly access funds when an invoice is paid. End quote. Now, FedNow is not the first attempt at a near-instant settlement system. In 2017, the Clearinghouse Payments Company established their privately operated real-time payment system, or RTP. Zelle is one of the best-known integrations of this system, allowing for instant payments between institutions. Of course, fintech apps like Venmo and Cash App also offer near-instant payments, but these systems typically only offer instant settlement within their own ecosystems, settling across slower financial rails when transferring to outside institutions. Now, in other countries, instant settlement systems like FedNow have been ubiquitous for years, sometimes even decades at this point. There are a range of public and private networks already in operation across Europe, Australia, and much of Asia. Now, in terms of who wanted this, large U.S. commercial banks had actually lobbied against the introduction of FedNow, saying that it would undermine the private sector network which had already been developed and introduced. Smaller financial institutions, however, urged the Fed to push ahead with the rollout of FedNow, citing the reduced cost to customers of a government-operated system. The Fed won't charge for access to the system, but it's not clear at this stage whether banks will charge customers to pass on the costs of integration. Lance Noggle, senior regulatory counsel at the Independent Community Bankers of America trade group, said, Having the Fed in the space makes our members feel more comfortable that their needs will be met and that they will be treated fairly for pricing. Now, the difference between instant payments and instant settlement is worth understanding regarding the FedNow system. Payments are generally made by simply transmitting a message between institutions. Settlement typically happens at end of day and involves commercial banks accounting for all the payments that were processed that day on their ledgers at Federal Reserve Banks. 
Prior to the introduction of FedNow, these payments weren't considered settled or cleared until this end-of-day process was completed, meaning customer funds weren't available to be spent until the next day. FedNow still settles payments once a day, after hours and in bulk, but payments are considered cleared and able to be respent as soon as they are transmitted over the system. The Fed will guarantee settlement during the day and provide credit into the system as needed, which allows payments to function as if they were cleared instantly, speeding up access to funds. This is a key difference between payments enabled by FedNow and those provided by payments apps like Venmo. Customers won't need to hold a balance on a particular app in order to access the payment rails. Instead, payments can be sent between different financial service providers by plugging into the new system. Settlement will be done on ledgers at the Federal Reserve rather than on internal ledgers of each payments company, allowing FedNow to introduce near-instant payments directly between bank accounts. FedNow will also be more suitable for sending high-value payments between businesses as compared to consumer-grade fintech systems, with payments over FedNow initially to be limited to $500,000. Now, of course, if you are listening to this and you're spending any time on Bitcoin Twitter, much of the discussion around FedNow is not in terms of the features that we just described, but has focused on concerns that the system is either A, a form of CBDC, or B, that it is effectively a Trojan horse for a CBDC. That FedNow could usher in some of the societal control features that people are afraid of when it comes to a CBDC. The Fed actually explicitly addressed these concerns in their public documents, stating that, quote, The FedNow service is not related to a digital currency. The FedNow service is a payment service the Federal Reserve is making available for banks and credit unions to transfer funds for their customers. It is like other Federal Reserve payment services, such as Fedwire and FedACH. The FedNow service is neither a form of currency, nor a step towards eliminating any form of payment, including cash. The documentation also notes that the Fed has made no decision about the issuance of a CBDC, and that Chair Powell has repeatedly said that a CBDC is, quote, something we would certainly need congressional approval for. In fact, the introduction of FedNow has been cited by some officials as a way to eliminate the need to introduce a CBDC. Speaking more specifically to concerns of financial control, the Fed stated that, quote, the Federal Reserve and the FedNow service cannot access individuals' bank accounts or control how they choose to spend their money. And indeed, one of the key differences between a CBDC system and FedNow is that CBDCs would be a cash-like form of currency, which is the liability of the Federal Reserve. The whole fear of concern has to do with the Fed owning the ledger by which that currency is managed. Still, that has not waylaid the concerns of some. Macro YouTuber George Gammon writes, FedNow isn't a CBDC, but it's plumbing. When they launch a CBDC, they'll likely first come out with feature normies love prior to social score. Fed launches new payment system that lets you send money in seconds. I know it's an unpopular view of mine, but this is why I think the free market or majority of average Joes will love a CBDC. One, they won't know they're using one. Two, the central planners will roll out features long before they roll out Big Brother. Financealot tweeted, As of 3 a.m. Eastern Time, the FedNow Transaction Network is live paving the way for real-time CBDC payments. Crypto O said simply, FedNow is beta for a CBDC, and if you don't believe this, you are delusional. And while it wasn't about this announcement, back in March, Balaji Srinivasan made the connection between FedNow and CBDC. Balaji wrote, FedNow is central bank digital control, even if it's not technically central bank digital currency. I strive to be precise, so let me make some important clarifications about FedNow. First, FedNow is highly centralizing. It's an instant payment system where every payment goes through a Fed-controlled server and must comply with applicable controls. And the roadmap is to support not just P2P payments, but also consumer-to-government and government-to-consumer, which means automatic debiting from your account and automatic stimulus. In other words, even more direct government control over your bank account. The same Fed that sent interest rates to zero and then the moon. The same Fed that killed five of its own banks and blamed their deaths on everything other than its own policies. 
In July, that Fed will soon have the visibility and power to monkey with your bank account directly to freeze or drain your funds at will with, quote, applicable controls and, quote, consumer-to-government payments, rather than being impeded by the current antiquated banking tech stack. But yes, FedNow isn't technically a central bank digital currency. There isn't a blockchain or equivalent where you can see the on-chain flow of every digital dollar. However, it is what people fear when they talk about a CBDC. It's central bank digital control, even if it's not central bank digital currency. And it's a major step towards rolling out a full CBDC. So I agree that the distinction between FedNow and a CBDC is important from a technical standpoint, but not from a civil liberties standpoint. I think of FedNow as a little bit like a virus that has evolved to evade recognition by changing its sequence without really changing its function. People are immunized against the term central bank digital currency, but not all forms of increased central bank digital control. And FedNow is certainly the latter. The fundamental question is whether FedNow increases the Fed's control as a system administrator over the lives of individuals. And the answer is that unfortunately, it does. So FedNow is increasing central bank digital control even if it's not technically a CBDC. Now, one thing that people did agree on is that FedNow doesn't really change the need for crypto or Bitcoin. Omid Malikan, an adjunct professor at Columbia Business School, says, Arguing that FedNow eliminates the need for crypto or even stablecoins is like arguing in 2005 that replacing VHS rented from Blockbuster with DVDs eliminated the need for streaming. FedNow is 25-year-old tech. America is just really late to the game. George Faber responded to that and said it also misses product market fit. People aren't flocking to crypto for faster payments. They're flocking to Bitcoin to avoid debasement of their money. If FedNow can fix that, then I'm all for it. Eric Yakes had this funny tweet where he said, FedNow launched and here's what you need to know. It's copying everything Bitcoin can do, except instead of Bitcoin, they're using a token that's designed to make everyone that uses it gradually poorer throughout their lives. So that is the story of FedNow. I think the interesting thing to watch from here will be how much it gets wrapped up in the anti-CBDC discussion that has surprisingly become a hot-button political issue. If you get a Ron DeSantis statement about FedNow, you'll know it's entered the mainstream. Now, one more story quickly before we head out for the weekend. It's one that we're just starting to get information about. The House crypto market structure bill has been revised and was formally introduced on Thursday to begin the committee process. The bill, which was published as a discussion draft in June, and at that point sponsored by Patrick McHenry and Glenn Thompson, has been named the Financial Innovation and Technology Act for the 21st century. Thompson, the chair of the House Ag Committee, said in a statement, Today's introduction of the Financial Innovation and Technology for the 21st Century Act marks a significant milestone in the House Committees on Agriculture and Financial Services efforts to establish a much-needed regulatory framework that protects consumers and investors and fosters American leadership in the digital asset space. Now, the bill retains much of its existing provisions, including providing a regulatory path for tokens to register with the SEC as either digital securities, stablecoins, or to prove their sufficient decentralization to be considered commodities. Under the bill, the CFTC would be given formal power to regulate digital commodity markets such as the Bitcoin spot market, expanding its ability to set rules that govern these markets and the intermediaries which provide market access. Dusty Johnson, a Republican on the House Ag Committee, said in a statement, The crypto industry wants clarity and our collaborative bill gives both the CFTC and SEC a seat at the table. Our bill establishes clear principles to ensure financial security and certainty as digital asset developers continue to innovate. Now, some of the response was really positive. Paul Grewell, the chief legal officer at Coinbase, said, If we want to be taken seriously as a nation, we have to act seriously as a nation. This legislation would finally put the U.S. into the global conversation on digital asset regulation. Congress should enact this without delay. However, Gabriel Shapiro, the GC at Delphi Labs, said no, they should enact the prior version. Then in a later tweet, he expanded, saying, Was a huge fan of this bill and they took a lot of feedback, but unfortunately they made one change that completely alters the value proposition of the bill, 
reintroduces massive ambiguity, re-empowers SEC enforcement, and would wreak havoc on DeFi. Gabriel said it expands current regulations to non-contractual arrangements like DeFi. It's a backdoor DeFi prohibition in my opinion. Noteworthy is that Patrick McHenry is no longer listed as a bill sponsor. Wonder if this is a part of why. So this is one where I think we're going to have to keep an eye on, and I'm certainly waiting for the crypto legal class to weigh in about the specific things that Gabe is worried about. For now, though, it is time to head out for the weekend. And of course, I hope you are having a great one. I want to say thanks again to my sponsor in Wolf's Clothing. Do yourself a favor, go to Wolf NYC, apply for their next cohort. And until tomorrow, be safe and take care of each other. Peace.